Hello, you're listening to CFRC 11.9 FM here in Kingston, Ontario. It's 5 p.m. and this is the Kingston Curator. I'm your host, Chris, and this week we have our final interview with artists and residents at the Kingston Grand this summer. The program was first launched in 2021 in response to the pandemic and its impact on the performing arts. And the local arts residency has become an annual program delivered by the city's Arts and Culture Services Department. It provides space and support to Kingston artists to explore ideas, create, and nurture new directions in their work. This year, 32 applications were submitted through an open call for proposals. The artists and residents were selected by a jury consisting of professional artists presented through the city's grant on stage program. So far, I've spoken with musicians Lydia Wilton and Jane LeClaire, as well as dancers Zara Badua and Melissa Noventa. And this week, we are speaking with the performing artists Sophia Fabili and Zoe Sweet. These two, along with fellow artist Zoe Kitts, took the stage at the Grand from July 11th to 15th with their one-woman theatrical show. And without further delay, here's what they have to say about their experience as artists in residence, the work they produced throughout their time at the Grand, and how they came together as a team. Okay, to get us started, would you both like to introduce yourselves briefly? Absolutely. My name is Zoe Sweet. And I'm Sophia Fabili. Very nice. And then both of you, I know, do lots of things in the performing arts. So um, how did you both get your start? Zoe hit it. Hit it. (laughs) Um, My start? Well, I went to, I mean, I've always known that I wanted to be a performer from the age of, you know, we. Um, So I followed a very traditional path. I went to theater school um, right after high school. Um, Went to U of T and Sheridan College. um, And then graduated from there and spent about five years in the industry. And then I went back to York to do an MFA in acting. Um, And that sort of shifted the, the direction of my career a little bit from being more of a traditional, like just you know, hit auditions and try and get hired by people to being more creation-based and and taking a little bit more control of my career. Um, and so that was, that's sort of my training background. And from there, I got really passionate about making my own work and producing my own shows. And yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Having a, a self-fulfilled career as opposed to being at the whim of casting agents. Definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I'm from Kingston, so Mm -hmm. I got my start at Kingston School of Dance, and I did my first play in grade seven with Theater 5, and then did went to Regie and did shows and all that kind of stuff. That really gave me the theater bug. I also went to U of T in Sheridan, same program, Um, and then kind of a similar-ish path uh, path in that I started out as an actor um, doing all the auditions and all that jazz, and then kind of hit a bit of a moment where I was like you know what this is like it's it's annoying to sit and wait for someone to call you and you feel pretty disempowered so I started writing um, and producing and started producing things that I wrote and then I did a bit of screenwriting and then I did I ended up as the associate artistic director of the Thousand Islands Playhouse for a couple of years Um, and yeah basically just have done a little bit of everything but very similar values to Zoe in that Mm -hmm. it yeah I think in this career, you can feel very um, disempowered, like waiting for someone to call you. And so the only way to kind of take back that control is to create your own work. And so I think we've both kind of realized that on our own. And then in the pandemic, Zoe was like, do you want to make a show? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. And then 
I mean, both of you clearly have very similar mindsets, but how did you two and Sarah Kitt sort of become a team for the residency? Yeah, well, Sophia and I have known each other for, we did our first show together six, five years ago. Yeah. It was an adaptation of Brave New World that Mm -hmm. we did in Toronto, Mm -hmm. and that, I don't, I feel like 2016 it went up. Yeah. So, So, yeah, so we've known each other for five or six years, Um, uh, and we were both just hired as actors on this show, and then you know, obviously clicked. We really bonded. And I'm trying to remember if we did something else together after that. I don't know. Sometimes there's just people like in each show that you end up just becoming, you're all friends, but then there's one person yeah. you kind of hang on to. Mm-hmm. And I just basically decided to adopt Zoe as my older sister. <laughs> uh, that was the plan. And then how did you meet? I only started working with Sarah on this project. How did you and Sarah meet? And well, work? Sarah and I have worked together. Um, we did a show at GCTC. Great Canadian three, theater company. Yeah, great Canadian theater company in Ottawa about three years ago. Um, and and so we ended up all finding ourselves in Kingston during mm-hmm. the pandemic. Essentially, I've been here for about four years. Sophia moved here during the pandemic. Is that true? Mm-hmm. And Sarah did as well and I knew them all as like these brilliant collaborators creators I know Sarah is a really interesting and intelligent insightful dramaturg and director and so and so I just felt really inspired to get the three of us together I was excited mm-hmm. to work with Sophia as a writer in particular because in my previous work I've sort of taken a role as co-creator slash writer and I was more interested in having somebody who is really good at writing (laughs) write a show as opposed to generating dialogue myself. And so anyways, I thought this would be a really juicy group of women to get together. And so we did. (laughs) And it's pretty juicy. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. So that's how we all came together. Yeah. And then what inspired you to apply to the residency specifically? Well, we've had this seed of an idea mm-hmm. for the past year and a half, and I think the residency first came to our attention last year, didn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like this, it, we we did end up getting it last year. Is it okay to say that? Of but course. We, yeah. we got it, but we had to turn it down because of scheduling. But yeah. then it came up again, and it's such an. I mean, I'll just be. I'll fangirl the program. Let's I think fangirl. it's so. I'm so awesome. Like I was explaining it to, I was explaining it to my father, who I doubt will hear this. So I'll say it honestly. And I was like, <laughs> you know, you get uh, space to work in for free, and they give you an honorarium to help support your process. And then in this iteration, um, they they gave us a videographer who came in and shot all this footage. Mm-hmm. And um, and I so- just want to stress how how invaluable a, video- a videographer is yeah. because it documents your process, which can be important in a numerous in numerous ways um and they also can be quite expensive right so to be supplied with that is yeah a huge gift yeah, yeah. and so i was explaining what you quote unquote get out of the program and mm-hmm. my dad was literally like what like they give you space and then they pay you to go work in it and i'm <laughs> like yeah and so it it's just so in terms of like looking at resources like something like the grand you know where the space is not being used for that week and you know thousand dollars honorarium which helps support our living costs for that week um it's just in it's just so valuable it's such an investment in arts projects and to have you know we had been working on it and we had done some development work together 
last summer, which was really fruitful. Mm -hmm. But life is busy and we have jobs and we have other projects. And so just to kind of hit pause um, and be able to like really work together, we got so much done. And so Mm -hmm. I just can't say enough in terms of what I think the value of that program is and just really honored that we got to be some of the people who got to do it. Yeah. And, you know, when you're creating a new piece, I think residencies are a really, really integral part of development because they allow you the time and the space to dedicate to your craft as opposed to you having to carve it out yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's really, you know, it's part of the Canadian sort of like development ecosystem. I find residencies play a really big part in mm-hmm. in new play development. So, mm-hmm. so as soon as we saw that it was that it was available, even though it's open to artists of all walks, which I also find amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we jumped on it. We thought it was an amazing opportunity. Absolutely, yeah, it's a really fantastic opportunity. I, like you were saying, I love the variety. Like there's mm-hmm. actors and writers and. Visual artists yeah, and dancers and, oh. and singers. Yeah. 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 Did you guys get to sort of see each other throughout the residency or was it all? No, we were pretty siloed, weren't we? Yeah. They mm-hmm. had a really lovely um, like little event for the artists to come in and invited past artists from last year. Yeah, at the and end there was of the week. a lot mm-hmm. of cheese <laughs> and crackers involved. And cured meats. Cured meats. It was very nice. <laughs> it was very nice. So we didn't really get to interact during the week, but it was mm-hmm. nice that they held this event for people to kind of talk with each other and meet. Mm-hmm. It was really, really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you guys both mentioned you take on a lot of roles in performing arts, like writer, co-creator, you know, mm-hmm. acting. So did you guys really zero in on specific roles th- for this or did you jump around? It's a good question. Mm-hmm. So technically Zoe, Sarah, and I are co-creators of the story. We took a lot of time to develop what the story would be and we did a lot of interviews and research together. And then we kind of now are jumping into our roles. So I was, we're, we're at the stage that we're in is what I'm trying to say is writing the first draft. And so mm-hmm. I kind of came in with maybe half a play ish and then wrote more but it was uh so awesome to have zoe there because i would write she would read it right away we talk about it we talked a lot about kind of because zoe's you know we're co-creators of the story we could talk about like we basically mapped out the rest of the play together which is amazing because now i have that roadmap somebody Um, to bounce ideas off of yeah Mm -hmm. so yes technically we were going kind of into our roles but really it's very collaborative which is like way more fun to work that way than just me alone you know staring at my laptop and then being like yeah I'm gonna go make another cup of coffee so it's just really nice to kind of have that support and then sometimes when I was writing Zoe was you know we're applying for grants and so Zoe was took a meeting with the Ontario Arts Council and was doing admin stuff so we were just kind of like Mm-hmm. flowing, lots of collaborative good mm-hmm. stuff. And yet, I, I would still say our roles are very distinct. Like we know that Sophia is the writer, Sarah mm-hmm. is definitely the director, I am the performer, and we are the producers. So we don't, mm-hmm. we're not really crossing those lines, but in terms of collaboration, yeah. I've been, um, and I think that's important. It's important to delineate your roles because it gives you your boundaries to work in, right? Mm-hmm. Um because I've been in other processes where it's a lot more fluid and that can sometimes take on a more like nebulous sort of um too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, too many cooks mm. in the kitchen exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it can it can sort of prolong the process where this is as much as we are um generous with one another, it's still quite defined. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Like, I'm not going home and writing anything. You could, though. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> and then what was the inspiration behind this play specifically? Mm. You go, Zoe. Okay. So we we wrestle with <laughs> talking about the play. It's, it's a really fun type of wrestling because, um, because there is some – there is some mystery to the play that we don't want to give away. Mm-hmm. So if I sound a bit vague, that's why. Um, <laughs> so I was inspired by a couple of things which I approached Sophia about initially. So first of all, I'm a pretty like new parent. My oldest is five. I have a almost three-year-old and then I have another baby on the way. Anyways, so, you know, often art can reflect life, the things that are going on. So I was... Um, interested in examining what it's like to be a mother in 2020 to 22. <laughs> um, and the, the, the difficulties that come along with the expectations that we put on our kids, um, our desired outcomes for people, these little people that we're raising, and how uh, their will and, and their... And their you know, eventual evolution often supersedes what you want. Mm-hmm. So so I, I would say that that was the germination of the piece. I was also listening to an amazing podcast about a mother raising a child in this world as well, and I found it really inspiring and very touching. Um, yeah, so I would say that was the initial seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then what was the title of your play? Had it changed throughout? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been wrestling with the title, and who knows, maybe the next time you talk to us, we'll have a different title again. <laughs> again. Um, but the title we have right now, which we like, is Why It's Impossible to Raise a Girl. Mm-hmm. And so it's tricky. Tr- titles are tricky because there, if someone doesn't, if for, especially for a new play, it really does say it's like the first kind of point of contact with your audience mm-hmm. for what they, you know, whether they might be interested or not. You want them to be intrigued. You don't want to give it all away. You mm-hmm. want it to, you know. And so usually I feel like titles kind of come to me early. And so we've been struggling with it. But it, that, that new title came um, in in the Grand Week, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll. I think we'll we'll see, but we'll see if it sticks. But I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah. Yeah, and then so I find asking just how was the experience a bit vague. Mm. <laughs> so I like to ask one really memorable experience that you had throughout the residency mm. that really stood out to you. I'll say I'll say a silly one, and then I'll say a serious one. Okay. The last one on that Friday. Did I tell you that I swear to God I heard ghosts? Yes. <laughs> I swear I was in there by myself and. I swear to God, there was. I heard someone walking behind the curtains, and, and I went and looked and went back to work, and then heard again. And I was like, I, it just sounded like someone walking back and forth. And I got really spooked. And then a technician came and saw me, and he was like, "You okay?" And I'm like, "I think I heard a ghost." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, there are ghosts here." And I'm like, "Okay." And so oh, he went. Did he confirm that? Yeah, he's like, "Oh, he." And then he told me a few stories about like knocking on doors and opening them, and no one there. And things Sophia like that. has a thing about theater ghosts <laughs> like we started off at the beginning of the week and she was like do you ever just get spooked in a theater space I was like oh yeah like I'm you prone. feel you feel things for sure but she's she prefaced the week with this I forgot about that yeah and so it, it came to be and so he wasn't there to protect me so maybe nope. that's why the ghosts were 
coming in. Anyways, I got really spooked, but that's fine. Um, I still (laughs) live to tell the tale. But um, I think one of my favorite moments was, um, I think it was the Tuesday. I had like a really good writing day. I got like seven pages out in one like little sprint and I was like, Mm -hmm. woo. But then the next day, and this often will happen after a good writing day, you're like, "Uh uh-oh. The day day after the good writing day. But then I was like, and this is, I think, something that I've just been trying to work on for myself and that like, okay, so this is the day after a good writing day. We'll just see what happens today Um, and not trying to like put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. But then that was the morning that I ended up just kind of like ticking through like point form notes of what I think could happen for the rest, like going into the climax and the resolution of the play. And then that just kind of started to fall together. So... Yeah, just like kind of capturing the energy of what I was learning to just trust my energy with the day and being okay with what Mm -hmm. that day felt like and not um, punishing myself or being like, oh, I I wrote seven pages yesterday. I got to write seven pages today, you know? Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a real lesson in just being present and in the Mm -hmm. moment and being in the creative flow and being okay with not being in the flow and knowing that that's part of the process too. And sometimes you just need to – My so I have – um. A movement mentor back in Toronto, Erica Batdorf, shout out. Um, (laughs) But she said, you know, like sometimes the day is just you lying on the floor and that's Mm -hmm. it. And if that's all that you have, Mm -hmm. that's like a really important part of the process. And Mm -hmm. you just have to trust that the work is still happening in those restful periods as well as in the the seven page writing days. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And then Zoe, did you have a memory that you wanted to share (laughs) throughout? I, yeah, you know what? I'm going to, the filming of the piece really stuck with Mm me. When we got to, you know, I got to do it three or four times. Mm -hmm. It was a good chunk of text. And I found that it was just really exciting to be able to dive into it um, in that way and just kind of go back to back and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm really getting the flow for the dialogue and the feel of the character. And, you know, I had some lights on. It just felt like a performative Mm -hmm. moment. And it was nice to have a little taste of that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And then can people find those videos on the Grand YouTube, It's do you think? coming. It's, it's coming. not quite up. And I want to shout out Jay, our photographer, whose last name I need to look up right now. Um, <laughs> our videographer. Video, yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. videographer. Um, but I believe that is coming soon, which will be mm-hmm. cool because you'll see a bit of the play and you'll see Zoe. And then I think you maybe interview questions a little bit with mm-hmm. us too. Mm-hmm. Jason Mida. Thank you. I okay, think. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Was wonderful. You were wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> And then what do you guys have coming up after this big residency? Did you guys take a break after a bit? Mm-hmm. I mean, I went straight into rehearsals. Mm-hmm. So I, oh, I have okay. a show that I is currently on at the Thousand Islands Playhouse called Every Brilliant Thing that I directed. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of cool to kind of shift into something completely different. And then also new, that was my first time directing. So that was really kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But also a solo show. So, mm-hmm. um, Oh, did we mention that this is a solo piece? Oh, I don't know if we did. I don't know if we did. So it's a one-woman show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yes. the fact mm-hmm. that Sophia was directing a one-person show was... Yeah. Was... It was a good little transition, yeah. but yeah, so that runs uh, in Gananoque until August 21st, so that was, I basically the very next week dove right into that, so it was really cool, to, especially after the, the pandemic of a lot of work getting cancelled, mm-hmm. that to have things coming back was really nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, you know, it's just kind of back into freelance life, so we will go into another development period with this show. Um, dates TBD and you know auditions and 
I teach at Queens. I teach in mm-hmm. the in the drama department at the dance school, so I'll do that in um, the winter, and I'll have a baby in September. <laughs> so there are things. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone curious? What drama classes do you teach? Oh, I teach a drama two three seven right now, um, and maybe another one. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that was all the questions I had for both of you. But awesome. where can people keep up with you, like on social media and things like that? Oh. Well, we don't have a page or anything for this project. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really use social media Neither as much as I. I used to. I know. I kind of <laughs> okay. fell out of practice. I, re- I was really active but with the pandemic when, you know, all your projects just kind of went poof in two weeks that I just mm-hmm. kind of, my relationship with social media changed a bit. You can find me on everything, <laughs> but you won't see a lot of up-to-date <laughs> posts. But Here, yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. As, we get cro- as we get closer to the production day, we'll certainly have... Yeah. Uh, social media specifically for this show. Mm-hmm. And we're operating under the collective name Sweet and Fab Collective. So there might be something under yeah. that. But, but right do... now it's just Zoe Sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ho- I mean, we do intend to premiere the show locally. So mm-hmm. keep an eye out maybe next year, hopefully, is the plan yeah. for uh, yeah why it's impossible to raise a girl. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Thanks for the time. That was Zoe Sweet and Sophia Fabili, two artists in residence at The Grand this year. To finish us off this episode, I'm actually going to play us out with a track by the very first artist we spoke to in this series, Lydia Wilton. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of The Kingston Curator, and I hope you enjoyed hearing from all the local artists in residence at The Kingston Grand this year. Now please enjoy Innuendo by Nameless Friends. So for this one, we're going to do a little-known Queen song. Fuck yeah, I love it.
Show yourself, destroy our fears, release your mind. 